Welcome, I'm Shelley Weir, President and CEO of FICPA, and I'm thrilled to have Bill Paroli with me today, Chair of AICPA and Vice Chair of the Association of International Certified Professional Accountants. Welcome to Florida, Bill. We're so happy to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank state. you for having me. Wonderful. It's been great. Since joining FICPA in April, I have been traveling our beautiful state of Florida and meeting with as many members as I possibly can to hear what some of the most acute challenges we are facing as a profession are. I've met with folks in public accounting, business, industry, and government, firms large, small, and everything in between. And across the board, the number one issue that has reigned supreme in all of these conversations is talent. So I'm gonna have Bill and I talk a little bit today about what AICPA is both seeing from a national perspective, as well as some of the solutions that are being put into place to tackle what we know is a very complicated issue, to take Bill's word. So first and foremost, um, AICPA has obviously been monitoring this issue for some time. Yes. Um, the pipeline issue is, is not going away. COVID has certainly accelerated um, some of the issue for our profession. Can you share with us at a broad level what AICPA is seeing, some of the trends, the data, and then we'll get into solutions. Right. So yes, I, I call it complicated. Uh, there are a lot of drivers of the pipeline, but I like the way you called it talent because it's not only the people coming into the profession, it's also about the people who are already here, maintaining our incredible talent pool that we have, making sure they're upskilled in the right way. But pipeline and feeding our pipeline is our number one issue right now. And we're seeing it in every single state. Uh, college enrollments are way down right now, and that will affect us for years to come. And we need to be more proactive about attracting people into the profession as well as attracting them into our workplace, mm -hmm. right, and having them become our current talent. Absolutely, and you just shared on the main stage of Summit with us this morning what I thought was a staggering statistics about college enrollment right. um, over the last two years. Can you share that with our audience? Sure, undergraduate enrollment in uh, four-year universities uh, since September of 2019 to September of 2021 is down over a million students. Mm -hmm. And that's out of a base of 15 million. So it's, it's a, it represents a decline of about 7%. Mm. Uh, and that's across all professions and all majors. So we'll take our share of that. Uh, but it's, it's really a, a very disturbing uh, statistic for our entire economy, right? Uh, people are choosing not to, not to delay, but they're choosing to simply not go to school. And even more uh, astounding is that enrollments in community colleges are down 20%. It's a staggering figure. Uh, so we need to begin to understand why that's happening and reverse that trend in partnership not only with the profession but also with academia and colleges and universities because they're facing a huge uh, seismic shift uh, it, with one million fewer um, students in school. It's so interesting because as you and I were talking last evening, you would think that the community college enrollment would have actually gone up right. in the wake of the pandemic with so many of the, the young students being sent home, if you will, from mm -hmm. their college campuses um, and having to pivot and adjust over these last couple of semesters. So it's definitely, um, it's eye-opening. Yeah. And I think all of us collectively together have got to work together um, as a profession to help solve the issue. 
Um, on that note, one of the, the phrases that I've been using um, as we've been chatting with our members and what I keep hearing from our members as well is this whole idea of we've got to bring sexy back to the <laughs> profession, right? We can thank Justin every Timberlake year? every year, really. Yes, <laughs> Justin Timberlake came up with that, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it, it goes and really speaks to how do we help to market the profession to these young people? What's going to make it attractive to them? What type of messages? do we need to send um, as one of the prongs in how we're going to address this pipeline challenges? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, to me, it's about marshalling the army. Mm -hmm. We have 455,000 members. We are the storytellers. Mm -hmm. uh, we are the people who have been successful in this profession, and we need to get back out and, as you said, teach everybody what a great profession this is, both short-term and long-term. Okay, we need to send our young success stories. We met uh, your scholarship folks, incredible. We just met the Leadership Academy. Gives me great hope the profession is in great hands, mm -hmm. but we need them to be our success stories. Mm -hmm. Go back to high schools, go back to colleges, community colleges, and tell that story of success in the profession. It's really a grassroots effort, and I'm challenging all of the firms to think differently, including my own firm, about how we engage in recruiting people into the profession and what our role in it is. We can't wait for the AICPA to do it. We can't wait for state societies to do it. You know we're gonna be there on the front lines providing resources and everything we need, but we need each individual member okay, to go out and find one person mm -hmm. and mentor and um, really inspire that person into the profession. I think it's, it's so smart that you say that. I myself have um, two small, amazing little boys that are eight and six years old. And even my six-year-old has already come up with what he thinks he wants to do for a living and who he wants to be when he grows up. Yeah. And you know, most kids are, oh, I want to be an astronaut or a firefighter or what have you, um, sort of this idyllic uh, profession. And my six-year-old has already decided that he wants to be a lawyer. And, and part of why he has said that is because of what he's hearing in the classroom, even right. in kindergarten. I know your wife is a, is a kindergarten, kindergarten teacher. teacher. Yeah. And it's amazing when we think about how much earlier in life I think this next generation are mm -hmm. starting to make their decisions about what they want to do as a profession. By the way, I'm doing everything I can to pivot him away from lawyer <laughs> to accountant, well, but know, we, we will we'll we'll do our best. We won't go there right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but to your point, I think it's incredibly important that, that we all do our part to get out into the high schools and again, even middle schools as mm -hmm. well, um, because this generation is, is making their choices so much earlier. Well, and it's really before. every generation. Um, yeah. Kimberly Ellison Taylor, mm -hmm. past chair of the AICPA, will tell you she decided to become an accountant in third grade. In third grade. I'm not surprised by right? this at all. So um, <laughs> you're right. People do make those decisions early, but then they also have a tendency to change their mind. Right. So we have a lot of opportunities to go out and tell our story and recruit people into this profession. We do. We do. And we, and it's, it's incumbent upon all of us mm -hmm. to um, replace ourselves if we're being retired. Exactly. The younger folks, the Leadership Academy, like you said, to go out and recruit others yeah. um, as they're climbing the ranks as Absolutely. well. So. Okay, so let's shift away from pipeline for a second and over to retention and upskilling the mm -hmm. profession. And as we talked about a minute ago, this is not just a pipeline issue, but we've also got to keep our current workforce happy, skilled, and prepared for the challenges of today. What is AICPA seeing at a national level um, some of the most needed skills um, that are uh, needed for success in the profession? And, and what are you doing to address that right, right now? 
Well, we've been talking about soft skills forever, right? right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you saw the slide that I just used. The, the, you know, the skills of the future are really nothing new, mm -hmm. right? Communication, um, the ability to interact with people, sales skills, the the technological skills are almost a threshold issue. Mm -hmm. you, you need those to get in, but what you need to be successful has really changed. Right? And this focus on technology, uh, what I've seen in my own firm and other firms is that um, our introverts mm -hmm. are coming out. They love technology, right? And they, they're the ones that have helped us um, implement things like Microsoft Teams and all of the changes that we've had to adapt to uh, in a virtual world, delivering tax returns through portals, accepting client information uh, digitally. Uh, we, we've operated digitally for a long time, right? So those skills are already there. They're part and parcel of what we do. Now we have to train the workforce into better management, get into that trusted advisor space, mm -hmm. which is so critically important um, as the population ages, we're going to be talking to clients about estate planning, trust planning, and those conversations are much different than taxes, right? They require a certain communication skill. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're, we're trying to push onto the profession is the need for that, and it's accelerating under the pandemic. Mm -hmm. If you can imagine some of the conversations we're having to have with clients as their businesses are in tremendous distress. Okay, um, just you know, think about the effects of uh, on, on the human population over the last couple of years, and the uh, the conversations we've had to clients uh, with clients as they've lost loved ones, mm -hmm. and the great resignation, people re-examining themselves. So all those kinds of communication skills, and when people ask me, you know, what should I take in in school? I tell them take any class that will teach you how to read, mm -hmm. write or speak in public. You got it. Okay, got communication it. is where it's at. Yes. And if you have the best technical skills in the world but you cannot communicate them to anyone, mm -hmm. They're not the best technical skills. A thousand percent agree. Right. It's interesting because I think about the, the role that the CPAs play as trusted business advisors, and to your point, ever more amplified during the pandemic. And to me, I see that as such an opportunity um, for this younger generation. I think that message will resonate really well with them yes. um, as, as a way to both get them excited about the profession, but get them to stay in it as well as, right. as being that trusted advisor. The other thing I would mention that's maybe not skill related, but kind of a, a parallel effect. We've heard from, from several of our firms that in these last two years, because everything has gone online, as we mm -hmm. all know, and people have been working from home, that in addition to needing to amplify their communication skills and make sure that they've got what they need there, we also need to provide them with tools and resources to establish and or grow their professional networks. Right. So we've heard from some of our, our firm managing partners partners, for example, that some of the younger CPAs coming into the profession that have just started in the last two years, you know, they don't have a, a ready-made professional network with bankers and lawyers and others that they're really going to need to establish in order to be that trusted business advisor. And because everything has been online, I think we, it's incumbent upon us as both state societies here at the FICPA and also at AICPA to give them that vehicle right. to be able to connect. Well, you and I are relationships. 
relationship people. We are. Right? Our, my entire career has been built on relationships, mm -hmm. and the power of you know, in-person mm -hmm. uh, relationships is, uh, I've forgotten how powerful it was until it we get back out on the road. Mm -hmm. And we have to, to your point, we have to train people that there is an alternate way of doing it. Mm -hmm. All right? and, and a lot of people are very comfortable with that. But we have to not fight the fact that we're living in a hybrid world. It will be virtual for a very long time. And the firms that develop that virtual culture as well as that on-premise culture mm -hmm. and develop those tools so that their managers can be successful. Okay, and, and to your point, they develop professional networks, mm -hmm. both online and in person. Mm -hmm. It's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're training our managers how to work in a virtual environment. How do you lead a team in a virtual environment, mm -hmm. right? Old school, put everybody in the same room, <laughs> let's talk about it, let's, you know, now we have to, you know, ping everybody on Teams, get it together, you get no feedback. Um, so it's a whole different skill set. Uh, but we can't ignore it. It's not going away. Right. And I think the firms that embrace it mm -hmm. will be rewarded for it later on. I agree. All right. That's the key word, embrace. Embrace it. Embrace. Right. Don't run from change. Don't run from it. No, embrace you have it. to embrace it. There's exactly. so many positives to this. Yes. There are a lot of negatives. So, you know, ditch the worst, keep the best, mm -hmm. and uh, move forward with it. I agree. Okay, so let's shift over a little bit to talking about one of my favorite topics, and I know it's yours as well, diversity, equity, and inclusion right. for the profession. I've had the absolute pleasure of meeting Kimberly Ellison Taylor a couple of times, and um, she's just opened my eyes to, to so many different things that we right. can do together um, as a profession. I'll also share with you that we just recently completed uh, a deep dive member and non-member survey at the Institute, mm -hmm. asking our members what they wanted us to be focused on and prioritizing moving forward into 2022 and over the next five years. And I was really pleased to see that 67% of our members prioritize the work that we are doing in the DEI space right. as something that they felt was critically important for the succession, for the success, excuse me, of the profession. So what is AICPA working on right now? Um, what are you seeing? What are the trends? What should we be aware of and, and what can we do to help? Yeah. So we have a lot of great tools, and you mentioned Kimberly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just an incredible force of nature. She is. And uh, she has taught me so much about this. Uh, as a practitioner, and really growing up, I, I really had very limited exposure to diversity. Mm -hmm. Live in the northeast corner of the, of the United States. But really in my volunteer career, I've had so much exposure to diversity, and especially now serving on an international board, if you can imagine that. It's really opened my eyes to the business case for diversity. Mm -hmm. uh, the case that you need input from people different than you. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And our profession and many other professions, uh, I won't single us out, um, mm -hmm. have not enjoyed that diversity. Mm -hmm. So uh, making the business case for diversity, we have incredible tools uh, available with the AICPA. I know you do on a state level as well mm -hmm. to help firms implement because a lot of firms are paralyzed by this. They don't yes. know what to do next. Mm -hmm. And simply hiring a diverse candidate or two diverse candidates does not make you diverse. Right. Right. Uh, without inclusion and equality, that diversity will disappear. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, in the black community, if we had retained the number of people we, re we recruited into this profession, 
by integrating them equally into profession, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Mm -hmm. uh, they left the profession because they didn't see role models, mm -hmm. uh, not in the C-suite, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, so uh, the saying, if I can't see it, I can't be it, right. Right? right? So we need those role models in the firm, and it's a, it's a process. And we've certainly come a long way from where we were, but that work um, needs to continue, mm -hmm. and I've challenged my own firm mm -hmm. uh, to think differently about diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion and uh, really make it a top priority, and we have. We've, we now have some diversity hires, but that's not enough, right. right? We need to talk about inclusion and equity going forward. Agree, and I love what you said about toolkits because I think that really is the key to all of this, especially for our smaller firms that just don't have the, the manpower and the resources to develop and, and right. guide this ship, if you will, right. all on their own. So anything that we can do either at the national or the state level to give them a guidebook, a toolkit on how to be effective, I think is going to help to right. move the needle. And it's even recruiting. And, I, and mm -hmm. again, I challenged my own HR department. Where are we recruiting from? Yes. As Kimberly would say, go fish where the fish are, right. Right? right? So if you're looking for diversity, mm -hmm. go to places that are diverse. Stop going to the same old college that you, that you recruit from. Absolutely. So we really uh, have expanded where we recruit from, and we're getting more exposure to a diverse workforce. I, I completely agree. I think um, working with HBCUs and expanding mm -hmm. our footprint in community college will, will help us to get there as well. And as a side note, um, I have a, a dear friend of mine that was just appointed as the number two at NABA, at the National yeah. Association of Black Accountants, and I'm looking so forward to, to working closely with yeah. them in yeah. the years ahead as well. Um, okay, last question for you, not talent related, and I know that you're a tax guy, <laughs> so tax I, I won't guy. put you in yeah. the hot seat for too long, but there is so much conversation and dialogue right now around audit quality, and there's a bunch of different um, initiatives happening at AICPA right now. Touch right. on that for just a moment before sure. we close. Yeah, our Senate for Audit Quality has been a very, uh, has had a very robust um, um, form of work for the last couple of years. We've moved the needle, we've made a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think back to when the DOL first came out and started looking at the audit of employee benefit plans, th those results were not good. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've really worked with the peer reviewers and the firms okay, to, to really drive audit quality. Mm -hmm. We're in the business of trust, right? right? That's our primary uh, stock and trade is trust. And so audit quality is always front and center. And um, it's, it's going to be in the spotlight mm -hmm. coming up. DOL is coming back out. Uh, they'll be out in November. Mm -hmm. And we are absolutely positive we will have better results because we know we, we are actually going out and re-peer reviewing uh, these types of engagements to work with the peer reviewers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've seen quality go way up. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, you can never take your your eye off, off the, the gas, ball, right, yes. it's, uh, it's, uh, quality is a major issue for us, mm -hmm. as it should be, right? right? Um, if we're gonna be charged with auditing the world's capital markets, mm -hmm. quality is, is what we need to stand on. Uh, no question about it, and, and as you mentioned this morning too, keeping a close eye on single audit coming out of the pandemic, and um, I know the uptick of um, folks that are gonna be subject to a single audit yeah. because of all the funding that has been distributed it's over the last pretty. 18 months. It's not pretty. A lot of our clients that have that are now subject to single audit are not prepared for single audit. Right. They don't understand what it is. Mm -hmm. they, they don't like the conversation that we're having with sure. them. And single doesn't mean once. 
right? It's the it, gift that keeps giving. It's the gift right? that keeps giving, right? <laughs> it's in the year you got it, in the year you spent it. Mm -hmm. So it can it can span multiple years. Mm -hmm. And as these grants and awards that are subject to single audit keep coming out, mm -hmm. it's a new reality for a lot of uh, places. We've actually had uh, clients of ours send money back mm. because they did not want to go through the single audit process. So keep your eye open for single audit. We will, and I keep thinking about in my prior life, my hospitality friends, so many of them um, received restaurant relief funding and right. never in their life have had to be right. subject to a single audit before, right. and now all of a sudden might be. So. And we're working to get those exempt. Right. I mean, PPP loans are exempt, mm -hmm. so there's no reason why restaurant revitalization fund mm -hmm. uh, shouldn't be exempt. Shutted venue grants should sure. be exempt. Sure. So it, it's not something they're focused on, mm -hmm. uh, but we're continuing to talk about do we really need these single audits? Is there another way that we can you know, account for the spending of this money? It makes total sense. Well, I thank you again so much for joining us here. Bill has been with us in Florida for several days as yeah. part of our annual summit here in Fort Lauderdale. We hope that you will come back and join us even after your chair Absolutely. year is completed, sure. um, whether it's at an FICPA event or bringing your beautiful family down to our state for vacation. We hope to have you back soon, and I'm looking forward to working with you and Barry and the entire AICPA team the yes. rest of this year and in years ahead. Well, thanks for having me. It's been uh, incredible to be out on the road talking to members, mm -hmm. and you know, Florida is a great partner with AICPA, and we truly appreciate everything that you do. Thank you so much, and have a Thank wonderful you. trip back to Rhode Island and on to California. On to California next. Next, <laughs> yeah. indeed. We'll follow your travels on social media, certainly.